Welcome to episode 213 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're actually looking at a two-parter from the middle of season 9, Providence and Providence. Both episodes were written by Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz. The first part was directed by Kim Manners, and the second was directed by Chris Carter. The IMDb user scores are 7.7 and 7.5 out of 10, respectively, and the episodes originally aired on March 3rd and March 10th of 2002. So this mythology-driven two-parter starts with, actually, action from North Dakota. In fact, the action takes place split between Maryland, North Dakota, and the province of Alberta in Canada, which they insist on referring to as Alberta Province. That's not the way the English community ever refers to it. This is the province I have been born and raised in. I'm still living in Alberta. It is never referred to as Alberta province in the English language. But it starts with someone trying to illegally cross the border, and the border crosser is doing it on a motorcycle that ends up exploding into flame, but the driver survives. And... What they find next to him are rubbings very similar to the ones that Scully made on the alien spacecraft in Sixth Extinction. When we go back to the FBI, Scully is called into a cursor's office with a large number of others, most of whom we recognize, and she's asked to identify those rubbings. She refuses to do so because of the power that they had, and she's afraid that the FBI is going to get their hands on them, even though... They've been in the FBI files for a couple of years, and Skinner is aware of that and suggests that she would know about it. So the fact that they come bring her in for this, and she then goes down to the X-Files offices and tells Doggett and Reyes about it, tips them all off to the fact that there is an X-File under investigation, and the X-Files unit have been excluded from it. Doggett even goes down to the location in North Dakota and is essentially sent home by Brad Falmer. As things unfold, we find that the man who crossed the border survived being blown up somehow, and that he was an undercover FBI agent who had reason to believe that Mulder was dead. And they were trying to protect Scully from that, because Skinner was afraid that with all she'd been through, that would break her. As they continue the investigation, they find that Scully's baby is being targeted. And this FBI agent had been working with a UFO cult, who have discovered a second craft outside Calgary. And with this craft and with their discoveries, it's fulfilling the prophecies that they have. Now, these prophecies state that the boy will be the Messiah and will protect humans from the alien invaders, but he can only do so if his father is dead. And that is why they are threatening Mulder, because as far as they are concerned, Mulder is the father. And Skelly, at least in this two-parter, is behaving as though that is the truth as well. As we go through, they do find, well, actually he finds them, but the FBI agent who was undercover attacks Skelly in her apartment. She successfully defends herself and finds a piece of the alien spacecraft that he brought with him, which reacted very strongly to William and was floating above baby William in his crib for several seconds, long enough to be sure it's not an optical illusion. When she brings that to the agent in the hospital, it heals him. She disconnects all the monitors, the intubation to talk to him, and he starts to reveal that that's why they're targeting Mulder and protecting the baby, is that they want to bring this to light. 
Scully does for a while leave the baby in the protection of the lone gunman, who do their best to protect him. He does end up getting taken from them at gunpoint, but Byers was smart enough to hide a burner cell phone in the bottom of the baby's car seat so that they are able to track them down. And they find out that no, this UFO cult wants to protect William so that he can be their messiah. They do eventually stop the cult and get William back, but only after the spacecraft launches, essentially takes off from Alberta for destinations unknown. The agent Robert Comer, who Scully and Reyes had disconnected from life support after healing him with the piece of the UFO, does die while in custody and in the presence of someone that we will know only as the Toothpick Man. And in the end, we find out that Skinner refused to sign off on this report, that Fulmer wants his name taken off of it because he does think things are being hidden and there was evidence that he cannot explain that Comer was healed just before life support was disconnected, but Kirsch does not allow him to do so. And then Kirsch has a private meeting with the Toothpick Man who had killed Agent Comer. And in the final shot of the episode, the camera pans down to the super soldiers that the UFO cult worship as angels and reveals that the Toothpick Man is one of the super soldiers. We see that lump on his neck. Now, as for the guest cast, we are going to start noting with the recurring characters when their final appearance is as we approach what was the intended end of the series, since season nine was the final season of the original run and some but not all the crew members came back. So Mitch Pileggi has several appearances coming up still. James Pickens Jr. as Alvin Kirsch only had one more appearance of the original run left in the X-Files, although he does end up with three more since he does return with the rebooted series. Carrie Ellis has made five out of his six appearances as Brad Falmer. He does have one more to come. And we haven't seen the last of the Lone Gunman yet. They've got three or four appearances each. It's a little bit spoilerish to say who's got more and why. Sheila Larkin appears as Margaret Scully. This was her final appearance in the original run of the series, although she does have one more appearance now. Kim Manners has a few more episodes left to direct in the original run. He passed away before the series came back. And Chris Carter has one more episode to direct after this in the original run but then he has directed five more in the return. Now, in terms of the new guest stars, we do have Neil McDonnell. These two appearances as Agent Comer are his only two appearances in the X-Files. He is best known for playing Fletcher in Minority Report. I know him best as Dum Dum Dugan from Marvel's Captain America films. He also plays Frank Gordon in Timeline and David McNorris in Boomtown. Now, Denny Forrest plays the cult leader, he died at age 41 on March 18th, 2002. So he died about a week after this episode aired. Now that said, he does have two other credits after this because of TV schedules and the way they work. He did appear in The Shield and Detonator in 2002 and 2003. He's got 51 acting credits to his name and is best known for his work in The Mask, Cliffhanger, Storm of the Century, and Eraser. McNally Sagal plays the woman who ends up kidnapping Baby William. She is best known for her work in Pleasantville, SLC Punk, The Negotiator, and Ocean's 8. 55 acting credits to her name, still active today. And 
These two appearances are her only appearances in The X-Files. James Parks plays Agent Terry Sullivan. This is his only X-Files appearance. He does have 62 acting credits to his name and is still working today. For some reason, IMDb is only showing three of his best known four credits instead of the usual four. And that's for his work in Hateful Eight, Kill Bill Volume 1, and The Sun. And then finally, Alan Dale plays the Toothpick Man here. These are his first two of three appearances as the Toothpick Man, although we did see him as Michael Wilhelm in The Lone Gunman, episode Eine Kleine Frohiki. 89 acting credits to his name and still counting. He's Joseph Anders in the rebooted Dynasty, so we do know he will be coming back after this recording to work there. He is best known for his work in Priest, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Star Trek Nemesis, and Captain America the Winter Soldier. Thankfully, with that last one, we find out that he's done a well-regarded sequel, as opposed to his work in Nemesis and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which fandom as a whole has not embraced as readily as their predecessors. Now, we do have two other guest stars who only appeared in the second part, and not in the first. So we've got Carrie Keane, best known for her work in Hitting Home, Distant Thunder, The Incubus, and Hot Pursuit. Her most recent work as of the time of this recording, is to play Julie Newmar in an episode of This Is Laura called The Cat Attack from 2018. But again, with this is being recorded during the COVID lockdowns when a lot of Hollywood productions have been shut down, who knows what she'll be doing in the future that may have been postponed. She plays the nurse here. That is her only work for The X-Files. Finally, Jamie McShane plays an injured soldier in this. This is his only X-Files work but he does have 137 credits to his name as of this recording, and he is still active today. He's got three credits that are completed or in post-production. He is best known for his work in Bloodline, Gone Girl, Argo, and Son of Anarchy, although I do also see that he plays Zubbin in Star Trek Picard here, which may be notable to some of our listeners. So this is the last two-part episode split over two nights of the original run. And it is focused on Scully's baby William. Logically, one of the issues I have with the story is that they are thinking that Mulder has been dead for as much as six months, which makes me question the timeline, given how recently we saw him running from the train in broadcast. Now, I know that the episodes take place in broadcast order for the most part, but they are not necessarily real time, as we know from the timing of Scully's pregnancy. So there may be a jump in time here, so that those episodes may be more than six months apart, which is the way I'm going to choose to interpret it, since nobody says, what do you mean he might have been dead six months ago? We saw this happen. But then, as it's going on, that's the ransom for the FBI, is make sure Mulder is dead, and then we will return William. So there is a little bit of what seems to be inconsistency there. In any event, that's all we have to say about Providence and Providence. Join us again in two weeks' time when we take a look at Aubrey Polly, thank you for listening.